You're listening to the Australian Family and Fertility Law Podcast. Here's your host, Stephen Page. G'day, Stephen Page from Page Proven Family and Fertility Lawyers. One of the things you know about family lawyers, like anyone else, is we love to talk in jargon. And one of the things we talk about, well, we, we trip off these days about the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia, which is a bit of a mouthful. So most of the time we just say Family Court, but that's its full title. Or sometimes we say FCC, that's the same place. Uh, and sometimes we talk about the FLA, which is the Family Law Act, and everyone sort of rolls their eyes. What does that mean? Oh, that's, that's the, the law, the main law that deals with people who split up, okay? Uh, and then we talk about such things as family reports, and we go, okay, um, what's that? And that's a report about a family that an expert does. And then we talk about, well, if you split up and you want to deal with your property, there are two ways of doing it. One's called a consent order, and I've just done a video about consent orders, so go and have a look at that. And another way is called a binding financial agreement, or BFA. So suddenly lawyers are spouting off this term BFA and go, okay, uh, no idea what that is. Uh, sometimes I've had clients say NF, NF, uh, NFI to a BFA, and go, oh, that's very rude. Uh, but a BFA is a binding financial agreement. Sometimes we call it a financial agreement. And the other day I was asked, well, why would you have one of those? Good question. Well, because you want to cut a deal with the other side. Well, why wouldn't you just have a consent order? And so the starting point is, most of the time when you split up, lawyers will recommend doing a consent order, not doing a BFA. Sometimes, if you're getting together, we'll do a BFA. That's what we call a prenup. Everyone calls a prenup. Well, the technical term is it's a binding financial agreement or a financial agreement. So you have one before you get together, you have one while you're still married or in a relationship together, or you have one after your relationship has busted up, or in the case of a marriage, of course, after you're divorced. So they have those different categories. But the essence of them is to deal with property settlement. And the essence of them is to contract out of the Family Law Act. Why would you do that? Well, because we like um, the deal that we've got. Well, why would someone want to do that? Sometimes it's because you're getting into a relationship and obviously you don't go to court to get a, an order saying you're splitting up when you're getting together, so you have an agreement. Sometimes the court doesn't have jurisdiction to deal with uh, your property settlement because you split up for so long uh, that you don't actually fall directly within the court's jurisdiction because there's a time limit. The time limit for property settlement or spouse maintenance when you file in court is no greater than uh, one year after you're divorced or two years if you're in a de facto relationship after you separate. So everyone thinks, okay, well that's uh, two years in both cases. No, it's two years in a de facto relationship, but it is however long it takes to get divorced. Some people don't get divorced and the time limit doesn't kick in. But in this example, you have got divorced uh, and the year has gone by after the divorce and you haven't dealt with it, or you have split up in your de facto relationship for, for greater than two years, but you agree there still needs to be a deal done and as a result, you do a binding financial agreement. You could seek leave to the, to the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia to uh, 
open, uh, commence proceedings concerning property settlement, then have uh, orders made. But typically at that point, it's often easier to do a binding financial agreement. A financial agreement is useful if you want to cap liability on spouse or maintenance. So say I'm the husband and I'm in full-time employment and the wife uh, isn't working, uh, but she's not on a pension. So if she's on a pension, uh, the technical term is an income-tested pension allowance or benefit, but if she's on one of those from Centrelink or similar, uh, then you may not, uh, there may be little advantage in having a financial agreement because it doesn't cover the spousal maintenance in that case. But if you think that uh, in that in that example that the wife is in some employment at the moment but not doing terribly great, but sometime in the future might decide that she's going to stop work, then it's good to cap liability uh, with a financial agreement. So often a financial agreement will be done in that case along with consent orders. And why would, why would we do that? Why wouldn't we just have one or the other? Well, a consent order doesn't deal with spousal maintenance completely. A and I'll have another video about that so you can, you can listen to all the, the technical stuff about that, but just take my word for it. It doesn't cover it completely. A financial agreement where one of the parties does not have an income tested pension allowance or benefit does. But why wouldn't we recommend a financial agreement in every case? Well, there are two reasons, or three reasons for that. The first is, there's a higher chance, I think, of these things being set aside than there is with uh, a, a consent order being made. Or, to put it another way, there is a higher chance with these not being enforced than there is uh, with a consent order being made. So, they're tricky documents. And because they're tricky documents, uh, lawyers make sure that every step is done correctly, which means there is a ream of paperwork, which then takes us to the next point, they're more expensive. So if it's cheaper to do a consent order, most of the time it's better to do that. And the third reason that uh, they're not always um, advocated is because you need a lawyer on the other side. So both parties have to have a lawyer. The, the law says that loud and clear. So if you are contracting out, evidently you should be legally represented and get advice on that. But if you have one party who says, no, I don't want a lawyer, well, you can't do it. It's really that simple. So financial agreements have their place. I certainly use them from time to time. Uh, to cap liability, sometimes with a prenup, um, do that, do those as well. Uh, but most of the time, if you're splitting up, I would normally recommend having a consent order. The last thing I'll say about financial agreements, every case is unique. Your facts, although you may think they're identical to someone else's, are not. They're, they're, they are unique to you and your ex. So it's important to get the right solution for you. And whether that's a consent order or a financial agreement or a combination of both, that's something that we can advise you about. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate reaching out to Stephen at pageproven.com.au.